That's, uh, again, because bulldogs are disgusting fucking foul creatures. Welcome to No Truck Stops, a Pac-12 podcast. I'm Carlos at Equity Bruin. Joining me, as always, not a disgusting fucking foul creature, Avery at Brave Grapes. Wow, thank you. That's so kind of you. <laughs> no, I'm terrified now. Greg at Banana Horse. I just watched the greatest sporting event in history, uh, and it was not Oregon State's blowout of Florida. <laughs> Lovely. <laughs> Matt Huberton at No Pit Stops. Killian Mbappe. And for the last time ever, read at MF underscore read. Goodbye. <laughs> yeah, the y'all uh, were y- were y'all watching the uh, World Cup final? They People were buzzing about it. Yes, I don't Carlos, we were cultured individuals, of, of course. <laughs> Anyone? Greg, Avery. So Matt, you did. Did you enjoy mm-hmm. it, Matt? Yeah, it's great. Soccer's great. He compared it to Arizona football. Okay, no. yeah, that was that was blasphemy. That it was, was right, the greatest thing that has ever happened. Uh, God, watch teams outside your own. Jesus Christ. Yeah, I don't know. Buzz people were buzzing about it. Was it a, it like, was a really good game. It was. It had everything. Yeah, it was the greatest. It's game. everything you could possibly want from a soccer game. It was fantastic. So cool. good. I still. I'm coming off the high. Still, it was incredible. Good. All right. Uh, well, we've got fun stuff to talk about today with regards to Pac-12 football. Uh, we'll recap the LA and the Las Vegas Bowls from Saturday. We'll look ahead to upcoming bowl games, and we'll present our first annual No Truck Stops Award. But first, a programming note. Uh, we got our basketball episode dropping Wednesday morning. We had some fantastic basketball this weekend. We'll talk about that and the upcoming slate of games this week. Uh, so check that out on our feed. We'll drop our football episode at our normal time next week. But then the week following that, the first week into the new year we're dropping our bowl recaps and our final football episode final public football episode on tuesday january 3rd at 5 a.m pacific uh we've got more patreon content also for you we've got a couple of written posts up there including uh reed and i put together some grades for the season for every single pack 12 coach uh, i put up a little reflection on the arizona ucla basketball rivalry uh, reed and matt are actually going to lead some uh weekly football content as we head into the off season while the rest of us talk about basketball. So you can find all of that at notruckstops.com. And lastly, please leave us a five-star review. We're back down to 3.5, uh, 3.4 stars because we uh, said some bad things about Mike Leach. Uh, so the climb continues. Help they us get bad. Yeah, they, what's, yeah, there was, I don't know. All we said was he has a comp. Like, they were correct. Yeah, it was like <laughs> he's uh, has done some terrible stuff and people fucking lost it lost it uh but whatever it's how people are on twitter anyway help us get back to 3.5 stars uh extremely fucking funny plot we've got going on here in our constant quest to stay above 3.5 stars but uh here we are all right uh let's move on to talk about bowl games and let's start with the vegas bowl does someone want to recap this i should have assigned this some terrible terrible facilitation my you always do beat this. that ass Oregon State fucking kicked the Oregon shit. Oregon State accomplished what Utah could not dream of in the Vegas Bowl <laughs> against Florida. Beating yesterday. Florida. Uh, Oregon State beat Florida 30-3. to uh, This game was <laughs> uh, not close at all. Uh, in fact, uh, Florida kicked a garbage time. And I mean fucking 
garbage time. Like last second, 42 seconds left, uh, kicked a, a, a field goal to not get shut out. That's that's how bad this game was. Uh, they were it was a complete domination from Oregon State. Uh, got it done mostly defensively, but had a lot of uh, great offensive moments too. What were your takeaways from this game? Did you watch much of it, Avery? Yeah, I unfortunately was at my sister's house, so I was watching this game on my phone, which is like never, never the way to consume Oregon State football, and I, I feel very bad, and I'll repent for that later. But wow, Oregon State was extremely dominant. They came out very slow. I was very confused when they came out and started calling pass plays because that's not what I thought would be happening. I thought we were told that we'd never see that again. <laughs> but it was just really fun to watch Oregon State clap that ass and get a bowl win in the Pac-12 for the first time since January 1st, 2020. It's a long time. Brilliant. It's a long time. Reed, what about you? Would you get to watch much of this game? Do you have any takeaways? Yeah, I got to watch it as well. I mean, overall, it seemed like a game where one team wanted to be there, the other didn't. And I think especially given the transfers for Florida on offense, like and how genuinely good Oregon State's defense is, they just never were going to be able to pose a threat on that side. So, yeah, I mean, as the scoreline suggests, it was pretty one-sided. Greg, what about you? Did you uh, get to watch much of this one? Yeah, I mean, I did not watch the entire thing because I was watching while simultaneously playing Minecraft, but... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've got our Minecraft server going on. Pretty insane stuff in the year 2022. <laughs> um, I enjoyed the Oregon State Air Raid. That was fun. Uh, and I'm glad they were playing a Florida team that was so depleted that that didn't backfire horribly on them. Uh, also, the the Tristan Jebbia moments, interesting to see. Uh, yeah, it's just, I think it was kind of expected. I think we all thought Oregon State was going to uh, win comfortably with the guys Florida was missing. But, you know, glad to see him take care of business. Ten-point favorites, and they definitely covered that. Matt Hubertson, did you get to watch much of this game? you have any uh, big takeaways? Yeah, watched every snap. Um, the Tristan Jebbia storyline I found very interesting. Like, it was predetermined in the game that he was going to take the third series out of like respect for the captain and everything after the game you saw like ben Golbranson like forcing jebbia to take the game ball I, interesting the love that was there for jebbia i guess just from the outside looking in uh didn't really personally understand it i also love the fact that a game in which oregon state ran the ball i think 35 plus times and threw the ball 26 plus time 26 times is a air raid game for oregon state <laughs> uh, is anything over 20 really passes yeah, yeah no that distinction is absolutely hilarious to me so yeah i mean um it was a fun game uh the let's see silas bolden hadn't had a game he was balling out there um deshaun fenwick looked great damian martinez went down hopefully it's not anything too serious that will like impact next year that kind of sucked but yeah overall oregon state very excited to be there beat that ass uh florida with that <laughs> it was funny because like it was a cowardly field goal but also it was like fourth and 25 after three straight sacks i don't know what you want them to do in that situation <laughs> like they're not <laughs> they shouldn't point. go for that you, you should take those points so um, i was I was under the impression that Tristan Jebbia was like medically retired basically and he was just kind of there as like a figurehead. Mm -hmm. That's what it sounded like. His injury was pretty much career ending. So kind of looked know, they like must it, have to felt be like must have felt like <laughs> he was really safe <laughs> against Florida to put him in the game. <laughs> 
So that's probably why, like, he didn't get benched. He wasn't playing because he was worse. I think if he was, like, able to play this season, he probably would play because Ben Goldbranson is that bad. But it sounds like he literally was just on the sideline out of respect. He was not really playable. So I thought it was weird that he went in. But I've seen some mutterings about Ben Goldbranson being a serviceable quarterback, and I need to nip that in Kirk the bud. Kirk Street saying not. that on the broadcast? Fucking insane. I just does he's not watch not a single good. Oregon he's State not, game. He's not, he's not backup level. I, you're fucking dumb. Watch, watch Oregon State. He is not a backup level quarterback. I don't think he would start at last year's Colorado. I don't, I don't believe it. He's, he's not good, and he's not an answer. And Oregon State needs to bring someone in because scary hours. If he's the starting quarterback next year, I don't know about scary hours. Like it, he doesn't hurt the team necessarily, but yeah, the idea yes, that he does. like. He's a good uh, no. He doesn't because he at least forces you to think about running the ball more than fifty times a game. Like, I think that I think that there's some known factors there that would lead to a better Oregon State offense next year. But no, I mean to to take anything out of this game where the, obviously there was like the the video on Twitter of the Florida defensive lineman. Oh yeah, just standing there, just not even trying anything. Um, a lot of like the defensive backfield for florida that was already depleted by transfers uh weren't trying anything so yeah i mean gabranson was throwing against air today and still missed seven passes and only went for 165 so yeah to 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 evaluate anything based off of that game is extremely foolish yeah but but i will say like even yes florida did not want to be there they had a ton of people transfer or declare or whatever um, they were missing a ton of guys. At the same time, you shut out any team, uh, regardless of how many guys they got out there, as long as it's like a, a major team with tons of talent and depth. Uh, it's impressive. I mean, they basically, sh- they functionally shut them out, virtually shut them out. Uh, defensively, they were really, 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 really juiced. Uh, I, I I don't know. I get it. You don't want to be like, you don't want to come away with this being like, oh, yeah, Oregon State, you know, would have fucking ran the sec or whatever but it wasn't it was still <laughs> no, impressive I'm, I'm i'm that's my narrative <laughs> sec oh, sure yeah SEC. No, see, see what finds out all right fair, fair. uh anyway they they i thought they did great i think the most important thing and we could talk a little bit about oregon state 10 and 3 uh i think this is their third 10 win season in program history best record since what 2012 2013 uh, they end the season on a very high note. Uh, they really wanted to be in the Vegas Bowl. They won the Vegas Bowl, a really a really good Vegas Bowl, not the old Vegas Bowl. Um, yeah, ten and three. Any reflections on Oregon State season? We could start with uh, Reed on this one. They're ten and three now, uh, and they're they're probably going to be fringe top ten finish in the AP poll. Maybe. Uh, do you have any thoughts about this season for for the Beavs? I mean. I, I think the Beavers, the cool thing for me about them is they're kind of like the team you should root for if you like the old guard of college football and like what college football used to be. Uh, I think they only have one transfer out after this season. Like they have sustainability at head coach. Jonathan Smith is like building his program in a way that kind of ignores some of the new factors around like what recruiting has turned into what transfers out have become at these programs. So that's cool to see. Uh, and I think it's sustainable there. Uh, I don't know if they're going to be winning 10 games every year, but I think that they're a top half Pac-12 team for the foreseeable future in my mind. Yeah. Any other reflections on Oregon State's 10-3 and three season here? It was just magical, and I was happy to be a part of it. 
I just come back to the fact that they didn't lose a game that they shouldn't have. Like they didn't, they didn't lose the Colorado game last year. They didn't lose to like a Cal or any of those types of teams. So um, there's obviously that point of really kind of solidifying your place. I think that that's important. I think that that having a season where you just you win the games that you're supposed to, you're competitive in the games that you're not supposed to necessarily win or you're not favored in, and I think that that's a big deal for them. So. Um, yeah, exciting to see where the program goes. I've seen a lot of comparisons to like Utah 2016. I think that's pretty fair and, and very curious to see how, if, and how they're able to take the next step specifically as you move toward, you know, like, I don't think that they're going to be coming into the year next year as any sort of a Pac-12 favorite, but the year after that, when you lose the USC and UCLA, like, obviously we don't know exactly what the Pac-12 is going to look like that, but it kind of feels like if they can continue to close the gap to Oregon and Washington, that they can very much so be every bit the team that Utah is. Yeah, that totally. It's absolutely insane that their preseason win total was five. They're like, over under. Holy shit. Yeah, yeah. The over-under. they doubled it. <laughs> yeah, That's crazy. That was I mean, it, I mean, we, we saw that and we talked about it all mm-hmm. the time. Like, of course, yeah. there was no way they were winning five games they were always going to win more than that it was a matter of how much more and i think you know i think a lot of the people thought seven and five eight and four i think but some of us were like as a 10 and 2 team i don't know they keep i keep looking on my schedule and it's 10 and 2 and then pac 12 ended up being more competitive and they ended up having to play did they play all five of the uh, they played four of the top five teams in the pac 12 the only one they missed Mm -hmm. was ucla they played usc they played utah they played uw they played oregon um they only won one of those games, but they really were damn. They should have won the Washington game. They arguably should have beaten USC. Uh, and the Utah game was just like a really kind of uh, fluky quarterback situation where Chance Nolan has to get out. And, you know, they actually did play pretty well, but, you know, just did couldn't um, couldn't manage some of the things that they were going through in terms of their uh their quarterback situation so no great season for oregon state i'm really excited to see like you know i don't think we expect them to go 10 and 3 next year but if they go 8 and 4 you know build it you know after they have to rebuild maybe a little bit that offensive line and uh, a lot of the defensive seniors kind of leave if they get 7 and 5 8 and 4 that's a pretty good rebuild year um if you ask me so good for the beefs all right let's move on to talk about the Jimmy Kimmel Los Angeles Bowl. Fresno State <laughs> fucked up. Washington State completely wrecked them. 29-6. to six. Uh, This game was not close at all. Uh, the uh, Let me, the, the total yardage on this is insane. Uh, Fresno State gained 501 yards. Washington State gained 182 uh then like spread it in half <laughs> it, it was horrendous a fucking horrendous game from washington state they look really fraudulent i get that they were missing a bunch of players i get that they were missing a de- defensive coordinator but god damn did i uh i did not expect them to get blown out like this so any reflections I mean, on the Jimmy how, label? how fraudulent is it if you're seven and five and you're playing a conference champion i still i still am laughing to myself that the the Mountain West Conference champion, you win the Mountain West Conference and your fate is to play the worst bowl eligible Pac-12 team in the Jimmy Kimmel LA Bowl. I still think that's <laughs> absolutely hilarious. Um, I cannot believe how many yards on the ground Fresno State got because Washington State's defense all year, the best part of their defense has been rush defense. Like They have 
held their opponents to considerably yes less yardage than what their opponent's average is and they had how many fucking yard what it was like 217 almost 300 just 217 okay still pretty whatever. bad yeah pretty bad that's got to be like one of their worst so mm-hmm. they they fell apart on defense i was not expecting that from like probably the second best defense in the conference yeah they gave up uh, uh what's this guy mims uh can't remember his first name jordan mims uh jordan mims 18 attempts 206 yards two touchdowns 11.4 yards per carry uh absolutely insane stuff um no and and uh cam ward's offensive line still looks really really bad cam ward himself did not look really good made some really dumb decisions when he got under pressure including a safety uh they were backed up way in their own end zone and so they're calling a pass play out of the shotgun which is like completely insane to me but i guess they don't have the dudes to be able to just sneak it ahead a few yards maybe um and uh, Cam Ward ends up going out of bounds at the end there and uh, and takes a safety. A bunch of really dumb shit. Cam Ward, uh, Washington State's offense got absolutely nothing going. Yeah, they got worked a bit uh, defensively, but uh, the highlight here is how just how horrendous their offense is. Like, this is the worst they've looked all season. Um, pretty insane that this is the same team that beat Wisconsin and, uh, you know, had a game, made USC play ugly and all that. So well, Wisconsin sucks. Okay. We'll aren't be- they six and six? <laughs> They're six and six. Yeah, but, that, be but that was still a hard game on the road. Yeah. Okay, but Madison, Washington, the beginning of the best year. win this season is probably Arizona. Yeah. Yes. Like right. maybe by That's a lot. That's a good win. <laughs> That's a good win. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, Wisconsin we, probably. Actually, I know you, you're down on Wisconsin, but they were six and six. Yeah. Arizona, was yeah, six and, and it was six. on the road. Yeah, Greg. We I think we do need to cut Wazoo some slack for this game specifically because they were going through a lot of shit. Like, not quite as bad as the Florida situation was, but uh, they've got transfers out. They don't have a coordinator on either side of the ball. Right from it's early true. season, it's true. ASU yeah. got their DC and I think North Texas hired their OC. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Someone in yep. Texas hired him. Uh, and so, I mean, like, well, yeah, I agree that they were probably a little fraudulent. I'm not, I'm not going to take too much of this game as like a evaluation of what their season was because I think they're better than this. Yeah. Can yeah, I just never say, make evaluations based off of bowl games. That being said, um, Washington, uh, Washington State's defense was extremely disappointing in this game. Like, mm-hmm. it, your head coach is a defensive coordinator by trade, and to still come into this game and get ran the way that they did was a big problem. But also, like, I'm entirely ready to accept any and all apologies for not anointing Cam Ward at the beginning of the season. Uh, you can bring those in written form, uh, verbal, no, in like person. He's like 20 years old. I'd be fine with He's that. Like 20 years way. old. Um, and and to your point about you can't make much evaluations about Washington State. This is coming off an Apple Cup where they gave up 51 points to Wazoo to UW. Um, That's so. true. UW has the best offense in the conference. Yeah, but they gave up 51. I don't give a shit. If you're supposed to be like a top three defense in the Pac-12 or the second best defense, you don't give up 51. Well, how many did Oregon State give yeah, up? Yeah, but gave there's 51? no good defenses in the Pac-12. That's like okay. you putting so it like that then. makes it sound like they're like a powerhouse. They're like there's, not good. Yeah, then, then there's <laughs> they're just the second good. best. Yeah, um, I agree. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, a, a brutal one. I, I just also have to say, 
I'm blaming the the early signing period too for this, like the fact that Wazoo doesn't have two offensive coordinators. It's like insane. Yeah. It's gone to the insane to the point where like uh, it's having downstream effects on these bowl games for some reason. Like uh, now, coaches have co- coaches have to get fired and and hired all before the early signing uh, date, which is like in December. Uh, and that means that they're putting together staff so that they could also try to make some headway in recruiting in like 10 days for that early signing day. And so Washington State gets its defensive coordinator and its offensive coordinator poached all before the first bowl games of the season, December 17th. Yeah. Uh, I find that really unfortunate. It's all propaganda to trick us into thinking the playoffs are a good idea. (laughs) Um, So, yeah. Matt, what were you going to say? Well, I was just, um, I think it was uh, Ryan Abraham like talked about this on their podcast where they really need to move, get rid of the early signing period again. Like just go back to the original national signing day. You can still have guys early enroll and everything. But now that we have the transfer portal in a specific window and like you actually have a transfer portal day, let that be the priority. Let that be the thing that happens immediately after the season. You can still sign your guys and get them on campus early, whatever you need to do there. But but go back to the original signing day. I'm I'm very much for that. Yeah. The, the other option is to have a signing day too at the end of summer. That has some complexities with not having people see that last year before they would enroll. But it's another interesting idea that people have floated, like a August first signing day or something. Um, yeah. Just to wrap up on Wazoo, for me, I think Washington State's like maybe the easiest team to figure out in this entire conference. They're Probably, just, com- yeah. they're perfectly mid. Like that's just what they are. Um, yeah. They lost some pieces here, but like, just go down their schedule. Every bad team they beat every even decently good team. They lost to, uh, and Fresno's a pretty good team, honestly, you. as the, t- as the season's rounded out. So that's where I'm at on Wazoo. I have no idea what they'll be like going forward. I think like, Dickert needs to make some good hires here to really reach another level. Otherwise, this thing could just stall out at six, seven wins for a while. Yeah. yeah. Wazoo unfortunately beat the chaos allegations, and that makes me sad <laughs> I, wanted, I wanted chaos kooks more than I wanted anything. And then they just like didn't do anything exciting or fun after that Oregon loss. Yeah. yeah right. They all went chalk. It went chalk uh, almost entirely. All right, anything else about Wazoo or the LA Bowl? The Jimmy Kimmel uh, marketing fund that is this bowl game, that that absolutely masterful job by them. This man yeah. is like in the mm-hmm. bo- in the uh, broadcast box like with a massive-ass play call sheet. Just This was entirely <laughs> a Jimmy Kimmel show. It took over the game. I didn't love it, but like I do respect the hustle. Yeah, he's, annoy- he's annoying as fuck, but um, he <laughs> he bought the bowl game, so I guess capitalism, I can't argue with he, it. He, I, <laughs> I even appreciate just like the shamelessness of it, right? Like that's mm-hmm. exactly what these bowl games are. They're just like they're just money grabs. They're just marketing things it's, for it's fucking just late stage bad capitalism. boy mowers and shit. Like absolutely, <laughs> just saying the quiet part out loud. I have no problem with that. I think it's great because he's. I mean, he's a comedian, and so the whole thing is a joke. Is kind of a joke, but like it really does. It's like it's like essentializing in a good way. Like the stupidness of the sport it's almost just like it really just fits right it's like this sport is stupid these bowl games can get really stupid so like 
let's just make everything stupid. Like, what if we just made, what if we just acknowledge that this whole fucking thing is stupid and like <laughs> made a joke out of it? And like, it was That's great. What our I don't know. I really is, liked actually. it. <laughs> I really like hey, it. Uh, I love the shenanigans. journalism. <laughs> Um, so I, I enjoyed it. Uh, I enjoyed all of the, uh, the, the, the camel. I don't know if y'all saw the, the pie eating contest, uh, with Jimmy camel and, uh, the camel throws up and all that sort of silly nonsense was, uh, I, I enjoyed it. I, yeah. It was kind of campy and weird and dumb, but like that's college football. It's, it's perfect for this sport. All right. Uh, that's it for the bowl games. We got a few bowl games left. We'll talk about those soon, but first... We have to get to some awards. No, nah, whatever. I had awards music. Uh, anyway, so <laughs> let's move on to present these awards. We've got six awards to give out. Some very conventional, some non-conventional. First up, we'll have AD of the Year for Football. We gave this to an athletics director whose personnel decisions were both notable and successful this year, the year of our Lord, 2022. Second, we have new uh, collapse of the year, a, a little shot in Freud, given to the team who had the worst or funniest collapse this season. We've got newcomer of the year, a player who joined the Pac-12 or a Pac-12 team for the first time this season and had himself a year. We had game of the year. This one's pretty simple. We just picked the best game of the season. We've got MVP. We've got a team of the year, which we're giving to the most notable team in the 2022 season. My intent with for this was to have us vote before we got on this and we would present the awards. But uh, things got fucked up and no one voted it. No one talked or mentioned uh, when I sent the text message and I interpreted that that as no one was interested. So uh, (laughs) we're doing it now. Uh, We're going to do the voting. And here's how the voting is going to work. This is a very official. We're doing the deliberation. We're so transparent. We're doing the deliberation process here live uh, as we record. We each the T are going to have... in NTS stands for transparency. <laughs> exactly, no transparency <laughs> stops. Uh, we have <laughs> uh, we have uh, we we for each category for each category we are each going to have three votes and we can distribute them however we'd like. So for AD of the year, we will have three votes, and Avery can decide. She's going to give all three of them to Jen Cohen. Uh, uh, or she could distribute them evenly across three people or she could give two of her votes to one person and we're each going to do that at the end of that if there is a person or a team or a player who has 10 votes out of a possible 15 because three times five is 15 there are five hosts we each have three votes 10 votes is the threshold for a winner if we don't get to 10 votes then we go to a runoff where we talk and deliberate about the final two vote getters and we just have a straight up vote okay that's simple enough. We'll I'll, I'll guide us through this process here. Uh, I have a bunch of nominees here so that we don't have to come up with this off the top of our head. And you, of course, can talk about snums because uh, you all have a lot of opinions. And that's why you're all on a podcast so you can hear Just your own voices. Just say you're wrong a lot. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, first award. AD of the Year for Football Athletics Director, whose personnel decisions are notable and successful in the year 2022. I've got six nominees. Jen Cohen, UW. Mike Bone, USC, Rob Mullins, Oregon, Ray Anderson, Arizona State, Absurd. Rick George, Colorado, Bernard Muir, Stanford. Why? <laughs> Insane shit. Okay, uh, can we hire Troy Taylor? Was... I don't know if you know this. Okay, go ahead, you Greg. You are the enemy of the people. Uh, <laughs> Oregon <laughs> State's athletic director needs oh. to Scott be Barnes. here. Who? Who? Um, Scott Barnes. Carlos picked these nominations 
on his own without consulting anyone. So. That's true. Yeah, none no of one... us would have let him put Bernard Muir on there. Or Ray Anderson. Like, the or idea Ray of putting Anderson. Ray Anderson on... I actually, okay, here's the problem. I'm going to say this, but I'm actually going to throw a vote his way. Because the fact that that man still has his job is absolutely incredible. And <laughs> something that point. needs to be yeah. taught in schools. Mm-hmm. Harold Kenny Dillingham, by the way. All right, I'm not going to convince anyone. Let's get straight into the voting here. Avery, you've got three votes to give. So, Jen Cohen, Mike Bowen, Rob Mullins, Ray Anderson, Rick George, and Bernard Muir. Please stop saying two of those names. Yeah, <laughs> two of my votes are going to go to Mike Bowen for hiring Lincoln Riley, amazing hire. And then I'm going to throw one vote on Jen Cohen because she's a girl boss. <laughs> and I think that Kaylin DeBoer is actually a good hire. Yeah. Gregory, how do you distribute your three votes? I am going to give two votes to Mike Bowen. And then I'm going to give my last bar- vote to Scott Bar- Scott Barnes, Oregon State's that, athletic that's director. Not, uh, that's not a nominee. I'm doing it. I don't Okay, care. then you have two votes. He's, uh, ri- okay. he's writing it in. Yeah, it's <laughs> okay, a write You can in. write it in. You just threw away your vote. Uh, Matthew Hubertson. I am splitting evenly. I'm going one for Bone, one for Cohen. And as I said earlier, I am going one for Ray Anderson because, good God, how is that man still cashing checks? <laughs> Read. <laughs> Yeah, I'll go one for Bone, obviously getting the Lincoln-Riley deal done. Uh, I'll go one for Jen Cohen, not only because I think DeBoer was a good hire, but because I think it was so important to move on from Jimmy Lake when she mm-hmm. did. Um, and then I'm going to be writing in Scott Barnes for my third vote. I, the Oregon State, the thing that me and Greg are saying here is like this hire that Scott Barnes made of Jonathan Smith turn successful especially in this year and i think that that's why he deserves to be nominated i think it was a horrific snub by the one nominator um, <laughs> <laughs> he but, hired him six yeah, years you know, ago once again no, it's oregon state speak to power read but any <laughs> and it was other, a good hire at the time the thing about the hire though is you look at what oregon state did this year right and if it was any other hire besides Jonathan Smith, that coach would not be at Oregon State right now. He would have just been poached in this site. He'd be at Nebraska. He'd be at whatever job came open this year in the Power Five. Would have probably been poached for. But no one approaches Jonathan Smith because Barnes had the foresight to say, let me pick a coach that if he is successful, won't view this job as a stepping stone. And that's why I think that he should be second or third. This is like pioneering what Arizona State is hoping happens with Kenny Dillingham, right? right? Like, yeah. And so getting that extension done, being in the situation, having the patience for it, right? Like there is not, it's not exactly been quiet that Jonathan Smith is an unbelievable coach. Obviously we know ball, but like <laughs> there have been people saying that like, Jonathan Smith should not be like, maybe it is time to move on. Maybe it is time to get the next guy. And so, and I say pioneering, it's probably actually Utah with Kyle Whittingham that like actually pioneers it, but absolutely. Like it's, it, it is not a small thing to have faith in that process. Yeah. Kyle Whittingham didn't play at Utah though. So it's not the same. It's easy. Yeah. Um, I'm going to distribute my votes. I'm going to give two to Mike Bone because pulling off. Uh, you know what? I'm actually going to flip that. Sorry, Matt. I know you're tallying this live. Uh, I'm going to give them two to Jen Cohen. I, the Jimmy Lake uh, thing is actually a, a really good point. Kaylin DeBoer was a good hire, like kind of an under the radar hire. Like 
uh, I guess USC pulled off kind of the the deal of the year there, but uh, Kalen DeBoer was a, a fantastic hire. He had succeeded at every level. So I'm going to give Jen Cohen that and also to make the UW fans mad because I know they don't like her. Um, and I am then <laughs> I'm going to give my third vote to Mike Bone. Uh, he obviously put together the deal of the year. I really wanted to give one to Rick George, though, uh, for Colorado. Like, I get that, have, that hiring Carl, Carl Durrell was already like a really terrible hire, but pulling off Deion Sanders was awesome. Uh, I Like, I don't know that. Col- I did not know Colorado had that in them. So uh, they I literally don't. Him. They're just like yeah. we'll find did it. it in us. <laughs> did didn't he make Carl Durrell keep the OC though? The previous OC wasn't that a thing where Carl yeah. Durrell didn't get to bring in his OC. I think it was he had a to tough hire. OC just because uh, it was like Mel Tucker got ripped from them in like a February okay. or March or something. Or, That's not or, an excuse. I'm sorry. Look what Kansas did in basically the not the same situation, but a similar time frame. And they made a fucking phenomenal hire. They made an amazing hire. Colorado could have done the same thing, but Rick George is a fucking moron. And so he hired Carl Durrell. He does not get any credit. <laughs> okay. Well, he got zero votes, Greg. So there. Happy. Good. Good. <laughs> All right, Matt. How did the votes tally out? So we have seven for Bone, five for Cohen, uh, Barnes with two, obviously should have been nominated, and then one for Anderson, one for, uh, what's his name? Cool. Well said. (laughs) Uh, Okay, so Jen Cohen and and Mike Bone, let's let's have it out. Where where would you uh, have your votes? It's Bone. Bone. Um, Bone. (laughs) Bone. All right. Bone. All right, there it is. Unanimous. No truck stops. AD of the year. Send the sender trophy to send the trophy to Mike Bone. Someone get the trophy yeah, set Mike up Bone, now. We make trophies we'll and send, send you them a to sticker. Them. We'll send you a sticker, <laughs> Mike Bone. If you are a no truck stops listener, or if if there is okay, if there is a listener out there who has a connection to Mike Bone, get him to email us so we can send him a sticker. <laughs> uh, all right. So Mike Bone, AD of the year. Okay. Next award here, collapse of the year. We have four nominees, uh, and obviously you'll you'll y'all do whatever you want, so you can write someone in, I guess, with your votes. Uh, eight and one UCLA losing to Arizona, four and one UW losing to Arizona State, Cal losing to eventual one and eleven Colorado, and Oregon blowing a thirty-one to ten lead to Oregon State and giving up nineteen runs straight to lose that lead. So. Reed, we'll start with you. Where are you distributing your votes? <laughs> thank, you, thank you for that. Um, oh, God. I, you know, I'm going to just throw one vote on Cal losing to Colorado just because I think that needs to go down in history. Um, but, yeah, Oregon's getting two of my votes here, sadly. Okay. Uh, Greg? I'm going two votes for Cal uh, losing to Colorado. Almost gave him three. But uh, one one for Oregon because woof. <laughs> <laughs> Avery, I I think you left off a really important collapse here, and it's recency bias that you didn't include. Wazoo absolutely collapsing to Oregon in the fourth quarter of that game. It was like back oh. in week four. That's fair. But like That's Wazoo had that game. That game was gonna be a Wazoo win. I that was incredible. That was a crazy collapse. So I. Can we write in votes or do I have yeah, to? Yeah, you can write in these? a vote. You can write in a vote. That's going to get two of my votes. And then I'm going to wow. throw a vote onto Oregon State. Um, okay. Beating Oregon. Uh, Matt Hubertson. 
Okay, so I have a fundamental problem with Cal being on this list. That was not a collapse. That was a straight-up dive. Okay, they threw that game. <laughs> they never had any intention of winning, so they could not collapse. All right? That that uh, fundamental issue with it being on the list, Greg and Reed, like, stop enabling this type of fraudulent. <laughs> I feel like collapse implies that they, at one point, were expected to win, and then they didn't win. So that's why I have an issue, because that entire game... Cal and Colorado were like, it could have gone either way. Okay. The entire Coming game. into that game, Cal was like, what, 20 point favorites or some shit like that? Yeah, Cal was but absolutely during the game, they never win. went up. They never went up big. They showed up trying to lose that game. Like, I'm not, I'm not Don't hearing care. that. that it's was a Colorado. Collapse. It is Colorado. Um, Do not I, care. So I thought that Avery was going somewhere else with the uh, collapse being left off the list. USC in the Pac 12 championship game. Um, oh. Oh, that's a good one. Like, Caleb Williams got hurt. Uh, that's not a collapse to me. Yeah, <laughs> that's, and that was they also of an decided to just not tackle anymore. So yeah, I mean, that defense, <laughs> the, the defense collapsed pretty hard. And whether or not it was due to injury, I don't really care. It was still like forty-four to seven run after being up seventeen. Like that—that's a huge collapse. So uh, I'm giving one vote to USC in the Pac-12 championship game. Uh, my other two are definitely going to Oregon. Boy, I'm. Uh, I think I'm gonna give two of mine to Cal losing to Colorado. We talked about all season up until that point. Hey, I don't care what team you are. I don't care how bad you think your team is. You are not losing to Colorado. And what did Cal do? They fucking lost to Colorado. Uh, it was so on give purpose. Me- <laughs> so give me two there, and then I'll throw one on Oregon, uh, blowing a 31 to 10 lead to Oregon State. All right, Matthew Robertson, how about you tally us up? Cal has five. Oregon has seven. Okay, let's deliberate. Okay, Oregon lost to a team that abandoned the fucking pass. That is the greatest collapse of <laughs> they all lost, time. I don't fucking They lost care. to Oregon State, a good team, a team that finished with 10 wins. Cal lost they didn't to throw the, the worst fucking, fucking ball, team Greg. I have ever seen. Colorado the worst even team the I have ever seen, Colorado. Against I mean, Cal, what is supposedly the like the strength of Oregon's defense, the front seven, and Oregon yeah. State just said, yeah, that's the only thing we actually can attack. Oregon Oregon tripped their way out of the Pac-12 championship game. Okay, hold on. The so much, so much talking. out of the Pac-12 championship <laughs> Avery game. Avery has... We're having Avery productive has, debate here, all right? Stop stifling conversation. No one can hear the debate. Oregon... <laughs> uh, Avery has Oregon. Greg has Cal. Matthew Robertson, who do you have? Oregon. Okay. Reed. I'm flipping to Cal. Sure. You bitch. Yes. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Sleeper. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm giving it to Cal losing to Colorado. Yes. That's, That's right. That's not Let's a collapse. Go. That's not a collapse. You heard it here first. Oregon did not collapse. How often? <laughs> <laughs> Cal, uh, collab. Cal, winning this, here. Cal winning this award is the collapse of the century. <laughs> this is what Justin this is what Justin Wilcox wanted. And of course Carlos gave it to him. <laughs> All right, colla- a very controversial Sick. collapse of the year, um, but uh, there it is nonetheless. All right, this one's probably pretty easy. Newcomer of the year, although we can talk about some of the other newcomers. Best Pac-12 player who debuted for a new team in the Pac-12 in 2022. Here are the nominees, and I and after I say the nominees, I'm going to say a big snub that I thought of. Uh, Caleb Williams, USC. Michael Penix, UW. Bo Nix, Auburn. Makai Blackman, USC. Not not Auburn. Jacob uh, Bonix, where did he come from? He came from Oregon. Oh, Oregon. He definitely oh, yeah. went Oregon, to Oregon. Oregon. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. <laughs> Makai Blackman, USC. <laughs> Jacob Cowing, Arizona. Damian Martinez, Oregon State. Big snub. 
one snub that I completely forgot about but couldn't fi- find space for, X Validate, Arizona State, thought he probably should have deserved, he deserves at least an honorable mention. He's got to be talked about here. Transferring from Wyoming and having the year he did was uh, pretty cool. All right, let's start our voting with Matthew Hubertson this time. Matthew Hubertson, who's got your vote for newcomer of the year? I understand why Caleb Williams is here. I'm fundamentally against uh, voting for him purely on the fact that, like, I don't, he did take a step up. He wasn't a newcomer to the entire scene, though. It was very much just coming over from Oregon. I am putting two votes on Bo Nix and one vote on Michael Penix. Neither of them have ever been what they were this year and just had an incredible step up, obviously, on the new teams and in the new Pac-12. Interesting. Like a breakout of the year newcomer of the award. Very interesting. All right, Greg, you're next. How do you distribute your three votes? You know, Matt has swayed me. I was going to go one to each of those quarterbacks, but I like I like what Matt was saying, and so I will go for two to Knicks, one to Penix. Grapes? Um, I agree that we shouldn't vote Caleb Williams here because he's going to win MVP um, <laughs> by a long shot. Oh, and you're getting some of the so insight into these awards. All right. I wasn't planning on voting for Caleb Williams, even though he's fantastic and the best player in the country. So I don't think this should be a quarterback award either because I am not a boring football fan. <laughs> so I'm giving one vote to Damian Martinez, one vote to Michael Penix, and one vote to Bo Nix. Pretty, pretty good. Okay. I don't think this should be a quarterback, she says. Proceeds to vote for two quarterbacks. quarterbacks. <laughs> yeah. I didn't vote for three. I didn't vote for three. I, I didn't vote for three both quarterbacks of us only either. voted for two. Also. <laughs> yeah. You know what she meant. You know what she meant. All right, Reed, where do you distribute your votes? Yeah, I'm glad Grapes voted for Damian Martinez, so I don't have to. Uh, I'm going to copy what Matt said. I'm going two for Knicks, one for Penix. Yeah, I, um, I'm i going to flip that. I'm going to say two for Penix and one for Bo Nix. I just thought they had some really great – They, you know, we talked about them kind of similarly, like, ooh, what are those guys going to do? Uh, and they ended up having really, really great seasons, being the best players on their teams probably, or one of some of the best players on their teams. All right, tally us up, Matthew Bertson. Bo Nix with the most votes we've had so far, but still not hitting the 10 threshold. He gets eight, Penix with three, four, five, six. All right, I have a proposal. I think it should be Michael Penix because he had to do more – um, he had to work with a shitty defense. He had to work with a team that was worse the year before. And I hate Bonex. And he's <laughs> annoying and I don't like looking at his face. So I have a proposal. Because Penix had better receivers, arguably a better offensive line. So he had to carry his entire team. Oregon had better running backs. Okay, here's my proposal. Yeah, I don't know if y'all are gonna hate this. What if we uh, pulled a Pac-12 coach of the year? No. Named them code no. newcomers of the year. Shut up. I do hate oh, it. I don't no. want to piss off Oregon and UW fans. I don't know. I think they're I both actually, deserving. I actually do hate it. Okay. I actually think it would be very funny <laughs> and that we should do that. I agree with you, Carlos. Yeah. No. Are we going to okay. make graphics for this? We could, I mean, yeah. Are we, we hiring okay, a new yeah. graphic If we're going to post graphics on our... Yeah, Shut is up. our graphics person going to do post- a fucking job? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. You know what? I agree that... Since graphics will be posted with these awards, um, we absolutely should make them co-newcomers of the year just for the clicks. <laughs> oh, yes. God. All right. Driving vote. content. Do we vote? Do we vote co-newcomer of the year? I say yes. Grapes? I yes. say yes. yes. Greg is a yes. In, in the spirit of the award, like what Matt was saying, overcoming the, pr- the expectations going into the season, I think it should be next. Uh, Penix, um, Penix everyone thought similar. Michael Penix would get injured after six games. Fuck you, Reed. 
Listen, listen to the ball <laughs> I watchers. Did, I did think he would die. Um, <laughs> we all thought that. Um, I'm gonna say, uh, yeah, I think, I think, we, I think it's now we have three out of five saying co newcomers of the year, and I think that's completely fair. <laughs> Cowards. Uh, okay, let's move on. Game of the year, the most interesting, most exciting, best, or most consequential game of the 2022 season. We got six nominees here. Utah beating USC in the regular season, 43 to 42. USC beating UCLA 48 to 45, Oregon State beating Oregon 38 to 34, UW beating Oregon State in the wind 24 to 21, Oregon beating Wazoo 44 to 41 and UW beating Oregon 37 to 34. Grapes, let's start with you this time. How do you distribute your three votes in this very stacked category? There is only one game that meets all of the categories that make a good game for me. One narratives Two, being funny. Three, proving me right. And that is Oregon State <laughs> beating Oregon to end the season. Narratives, Oregon was going to the Pac-12 championship game. Everyone saw this coming. Oregon State doesn't have a quarterback. This is easy. And they blew it. It was incredible. It was hilarious. Oregon State didn't pass the fucking ball. In the funniest so way. So fun. And I was right. I was right about Oregon State never needing to pass. I was right about Oregon State <laughs> beating Oregon. So that gets all three of my votes. Okay. All right. Matthew Hubertson, where do you distribute your three votes? I completely agree. We're never wrong, just early. And even when we're right, we're still early. <laughs> Called this game in July. Absolutely. Yeah, we really did. All we four really votes did. on the... All four. All Yeah, I'm taking four votes for this. All three votes on the <laughs> Civil War. Never a doubt. 100%. Even when... The Platy. Oregon was up 21 points, and I never, never a doubt. Greg, where do you distribute your votes? I don't have one vote for that game, but that's fine. Uh, I'm going... Two for Utah USC. Uh, that game was awesome, incredible. And then one for USC UCLA. Okay, both of those games were just like cocaine, and I enjoyed. They're incredible. They're incredible. Reed, where you go? Hey, <laughs> yeah, I I go one for uh, Oregon Washington, one for Oregon Oregon State, and then one for Utah USC. I think those are three best by far. Yeah. Uh, I'm I'm gonna put my uh, foot on the scale here. I'm gonna give all three to Oregon State uh, beating Oregon thirty eight to thirty four. Uh, that was just I mean I think it, I think when we talked about it at the time it had it had everything it had a big rally. Um, it had uh, it was it was the home team who won the game that you all talk about that. Um, it had Jonathan Smith deciding to just go for 19 straight runs and abandon the pass. Uh, <laughs> it, it had everything. Um, so yeah, give me, give me Oregon state beating Oregon. Anything All right, that brings fire to a rivalry like that when Oregon fans are like, yeah, I love, I love cheering for Oregon state. I just not a rivalry. And then that happens. That's, that's the shit I live for in college football. <laughs> I hope every, every Oregon fan cried that night excellent <laughs> wow Matthew that tally us up 10 votes for the platy for the puss all right civil the war platy. game of the year the platy good job to jonathan smith he's he's sweeping some of these awards although he hasn't he's not on any of them but anyway uh next one this one's gonna be i think fairly easy i suspect MVP, Grand of the Player, whose team needed him the most in 2022. Our six nominees, Caleb Williams, USC, Clark Phillips III, Utah, Michael Penix, UW, Bo Nix, Oregon, Tuli Tui Pelotu, USC, and Zach Charbonnet, UCLA. 
Reed, you start us off. Where do you distribute your three votes? Uh, obviously, I'm going to give two to Caleb Williams. Uh, and that doesn't really need much of an explanation. I'm giving one to Bo Nix, though. And that's probably bias, maybe. But I, I have to go back to like three, four weeks ago when there was a path where Bo Nix was the best player on what looked like the best team in the conference. And I would be interested to see what the alternative finish was if he doesn't get injured there in the Washington game. Yeah, I've I've actually have it identical. I have two to Caleb Williams and one to Bo Nix. We those are the two quarterbacks, the two players we've seen all season. What their team looked like when they were not healthy. USC, I think, had the biggest fall off. Uh, but Oregon's not far behind. They went from major juggernaut, uh, unstoppable juggernaut, to you know losing to UW, losing to Oregon State, uh, having having a tough end to the season, almost losing to Utah. So uh, yeah, that's how I that's how I have it too. Matthew Bertson, how do you distribute these? I have one to each Williams, Nixon, Penix. Actually, okay. Um, I think that the same uh, influence that Williams had on uh, on USC, I think Penix had the same thing on UW. I don't know that UW is better than eight and four without the way that Penix played this year. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. a good point, Greg. How do you distribute your votes? I am not going to give one to Penix because. Uh, I do think that had more to do with DeBoer than it did with Penix. You can see what Penix looked like when he didn't have DeBoer. Uh, so I'm going to go I one for Williams. I think that was he didn't have an offensive line, actually. I mean, he didn't have one of those, but he also was just an incredibly shitty player that year. I, uh, I think this is you, dumb, it, Greg, because I, if Michael Penix would have gotten injured and we saw Dylan Morris at one point this season, we would be able to argue that you'd have needed Michael Penix. But because Michael <laughs> Penix didn't get injured, we aren't able to do that. I don't think that has any any bearing on me arguing this. I just think Kalen DeBoer is a really good coach. Um, anyway, <laughs> Kayla Williams will get one for me. Zach Charbonnet will get another. He was awesome. And then I'm going to give the last one to Clark Phillips, even though I don't think he is the MVP. I just want to give him some love because Caleb Williams is definitely going to win. Yeah, uh, I'm going to give two to Caleb Williams. And You already uh, voted. What's that? Didn't you oh, already yeah. vote? Oh, yeah, I already did. Sure did. Right. <laughs> did everyone vote? <laughs> no. No, I didn't. Stop erasing All the woman. All of my votes. All of my votes are going to Caleb Williams because I think it's very clear that without him, USC would be absolutely nothing. Yeah. All right. Matthew Berson, tally us up. Williams only gets nine. Um, Nix is next with three. So yeah. it's Williams. We, yeah, it's Caleb yeah, we, We're any, all going any, Williams. This, yeah. I, I do. You could... You could argue, though, this kind of breaks the newcomer of the year tie because Nick's beat Penix in this no. one. No. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> it. So, <laughs> I actually, I want to make an argument, though, because, like, I am curious. A lot of what we just talked about was that, like, the backup situation at that particular school was a massive, massive drop-off. Obviously, that is to say, like, what these three were able to do. But I think that might just be the reality of the new college football with the transfer portal and with guys like transferring if they don't start playing in the first year or two. It kind of feels like most teams are at a place where they just have one guy and that's it at the quarterback position. So I I wonder I, I wonder how much of that we're gonna see. Yeah. I mean, has any backup Pac twelve quarterback come in and had a pretty good game? I can't name one this year. Nate Johnson. Yeah, Nate Johnson uh, is one. He yeah, wasn't really playing quarterback, unfortunately. <laughs> a caveat uh, to that is that I think it's especially true late in the season, Matt. Like you look at 
broader college football like what Max Duggan did. Like mm-hmm. I think there's an opportunity early in the year. There's a quarterback battle. Someone goes down. The backup comes in. They can have successful seasons like Cam Rising did last year. Um, but I think once you go late in the year, it turns into backups are usually either in the portal or they're looking elsewhere, not looking to burn a year of eligibility by playing in a fifth game or whatever it is. Um, so especially late in the season, I think that's a very good point. Yeah. All right. Last one here. Team of the year. We've got, uh, we've got a lot of nominees. We've got eight nominees for team of the year. <laughs> Insane shit. Uh, UW, <laughs> USC, Utah, Oregon, Oregon State, UCLA, Arizona, and Wazoo all over the place. Uh, Reed, you start us off. How do you distribute your votes? Uh, I'm going one for Utah because they actually did it, and I respect that. Um, won the conference, that is. Oregon State, I think, was the biggest uh, above expectations play. And then I think Oregon had the highest ceiling uh of any team or like was the best at their peak this year it's a good distribution greg how do you distribute your votes <sighs> i'm gonna go uh two for utah and then i'll go one for usc even though i hate it <laughs> avery i'm beaver pilled all of my votes are going to oregon state i love oregon <laughs> state it was such a pleasure of watching them this season they did everything that can yeah. make me happy I've got two to Oregon State and one to UW. Uh, Oregon State, you're right, uh, had a great season. Their defense turned around. UW, very surprising year, ten and two. Probably finished the. They get to finish the seed the regular season, saying, "Hey, we probably would have beaten both of those teams in the Pac-12 title game, but we'll never know." Matthew Hubertson, uh, how do you distribute your votes? Wow, this is um, this is some interesting voting here. I am also one to Utah. Um, because they did do the thing, and I think that that's fair. Uh, I go one to Arizona. That is my drug of choice all year long in the <laughs> in the season. I fucking love that team. And a snub, and a complete and utter snub in these, in what has actually been nominated here. Leaving Colorado off the list here is just horrendous. <laughs> oh true. By yeah. far, by far the best, like the most fun narrative, the only thing that could be relied upon all year long. I think Colorado, absolutely a team of the year. If they'd gone 0-12, the award would have been theirs. Again. Yeah, I agree. I they want that F- I want that loss investigated. I I want, mm-hmm. like, heads need to roll. Uh, this is like the time person of the year, where it's like it doesn't go necessarily to a good person, go to a shitty person, like uh, Hitler was time person of the year, <laughs> like back in the 40s. Uh, yeah. So how, how, how do the votes come out, Matthew Brickson? Ooh, four for Utah. All over the place. Six for Bevlet and one each to like all the rest. All right. So Utah or Oregon State? Uh, let's hear our votes. Reed, who would you give your vote to for team of the year? So I'm going to go with Oregon State. And my reasoning here is very similar to what I wrote about in that, co- in that uh, coaching grades piece we did on our Patreon. I think like I, I like to give it to the conference champ. I lean towards that in general but utah looking back at their season i think they kind of shot themselves in the foot three times like i think they obviously should have won the florida game in retrospect not that it was easy but they should have won it they're better than ucla they should have beat that oregon team with an injured Knicks. 
Like, I just don't think that they really hit that ceiling in a way that I felt like Oregon State did. I'm also voting Oregon State for a similar reason. I kind of chalk it up to what they were expected to do before the season. Utah was expected to go to the playoff. Um, mm-hmm. They were expected to go 11-1, and maybe even 12-0. and I was looking back at some of our preview episodes, and Matthew Wilson was like, I think this team is probably going to go 12-0. and they finished nine and three. <laughs> pretty, uh, pretty disappointing season, I think. Uh, and we were all kind of like, yeah, "Hold probably, on, Avery, maybe. No, you don't get to laugh at that. <laughs> hey, uh, <laughs> Avery, uh, my twelve and zero prediction went ten and three. Let's talk uh, about your twelve. Hey, hey, who did you hey, go? Hey, to? Your twelve and zero prediction wasn't in a manufactured hot takes episode. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> so and Oregon State you know like we had higher expectations of them but we were even timid about it you know we were like ooh I think I have to go at 10-2 but I don't know that feels kind of hard they finished 10-3 and and, uh, I just think they exceeded expectations so I'm going to Oregon State Matthew Hubertson who are you going with here Utah doesn't exist on this list without Bevelet 100% interesting you have to you have to vote Bevelet yeah Greg I feel weird about giving it to the team like when the two teams played each other and it was a blowout, I do feel weird about giving mm-hmm. to the loser. But uh, I think there have been convincing arguments. Utah's season was disappointing in a lot of ways. I do think that two of the losses, they shot themselves in the foot. I actually don't think they deserve to beat UCLA. I, if they played again, I think UCLA would win in the same way again. Uh, but yeah, I'll go Oregon State. And uh, Avery, do I even have to ask? I, yeah, Oregon State all the way. <laughs> All right, Oregon State, unanimous uh, team of the year. That's going to look really nice in the graphic and work up some people, but also get some people excited. So, all right, that's our votes. Just a quick recap of our winners that we'll get on the graphic as soon as our graphics person gets to work. AD of the year goes to Mike Bone for USC. Collapse of the year goes to Cal, losing to 1-11, should have been 0-12 Colorado. Newcomer of the year? goes to Michael Penix and Bo Nix, co-newcomers of the year. Game of the year goes to Oregon State beating Oregon 38-34. to MVP goes to Caleb Williams. And team of the year goes to Oregon State. So congratulations to all the award winners. We will send you your trophies. Uh, we'll send Oregon State a trophy. No truck stops. Team of the year. Uh, but anyway, that's it. That's all we have. Uh, We'll be back next week. We're actually going to record it now because we're not going to record on Christmas Day. We're not Grinches. We're not, uh, we're all, none of us are Jewish also, so we're not um, (laughs) uh, celebrating. I I don't think, are any of y'all Jewish? Did I know about this? Three of you are Mormon or ex-Mormon, but Reed, are you, are you Jewish? No, no. All right. Well, uh, happy. Uh, is Hanukkah still gone? I'm so insensitive. Uh, clearly, everybody is <laughs> fucking Christo, Christo fascist you're nation. You're your foot in your mouth right now. My God. I'm going to shut the fuck up. Uh, happy holidays to everyone. We're going <laughs> to uh, have our holiday New Year's resolution episodes next week. We're going to record that actually right now. So if any news drops before then, I don't know, we'll get an emergency podcast and you won't hear about it on that podcast. But for now, thank you all so much. Hope you all enjoy your breaks. Hope you all get some rest. Thank you very much for listening to No Truck Stops this year. And remember, there are no truck stops here. Not even one. Shut up, Greg.